Shalom, friends. This is Mitch Glazer, president of Chosen People Ministries, and I want to welcome you to our Chosen People Ministries radio program. Today, we're going to continue our study of the portion. Some of you may not have even downloaded that yet. You can get that from our website, chosenpeople.com radio. That's chosenpeople.com radio. The portion is a wonderful devotional booklet based on the five books of Moses. And so we are steadily going through this. We've taken a little bit of time off from going through it exactly because uh, we wanted to pay some proper emphasis to the festival of Passover and first fruit, and we did that last week. But now we're continuing again to read our way through uh, the five books of Moses. And again, I do hope that you'll get a copy of the portion and be able to use that each day or each week for your devotions, or at least part of your devotions. And so today, based upon the traditional cyclical readings in the synagogue, we identify with our Jewish friends, family, and neighbors by looking at chapters 16 through 18. Have you ready? This is the book you all have memorized, the book of Leviticus. <laughs> I mean, what what believer doesn't have Leviticus uh, memorized and uh, I just want to warn you that when you meet Moses in heaven and he comes to you and he says, what do you think of Leviticus? You're going to have to come up with an answer, okay? So it's, it's a really good thing. We're just trying to help you out here. And so it's a good thing to study through these marvelous uh, books of the Old Testament. And they have such incredible relevance to uh, everyday life, to contemporary life. And we'll be looking at some of that as well as we travel through the book of Leviticus, at least these couple of chapters. So we're going to be going through uh, chapters 16 through 18 of the book of Leviticus in Hebrew, Vayikra. And joining me is my good friend and colleague, our New York Regional Director, uh, Bobby Walter. And uh, Bobby will uh, begin our discussion uh, as we talk about this 29th reading of the Torah. Bobby, welcome. Yes, shalom and welcome everyone, and uh, shalom to you, Mitch, as well. And uh, I am excited to sort of pick back up in Leviticus, you know, I, I got to confess, this is just a book that I love, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and we're actually, it's, it's interesting, because we're, we're picking up, like you said, in chapter 16, but the way it begins, the, the name of this Torah portion is, in Hebrew, it's Achare Mot, which means after the death, and it's taken directly from Leviticus 16, verse 1, which says, Now the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, when they had approached the presence of the Lord and died. And what's interesting about this is a few weeks ago, this is where we left off before Passover came and we started uh, sharing about Passover. So why? Why uh, five chapters have gone, have passed now between Leviticus 10, where we find the death of Aaron's sons, and Leviticus 16, where we are right now. So, why is uh, the author of Leviticus, Moses here, why is he making this connection? Why is he bringing it up now? 
And I think that this is uh, one of those uh, textual links for us, these clues to help us understand and get our minds in the right place to remember the lesson from the death of the two sons of Aaron. And the lesson was that we can't just approach God any old way that we want to, that God has one exclusive prescribed way that he desires, that he has established for us as sinful men and women to approach him. Uh, so, Bobby, can I just jump in for a second there, and then I'll let you continue, because I think that this is such an important point. Mm-hmm. The one way was not created in the New Testament. It was part of the Old Testament. Correct. And you, and you don't see it um, any more clearly than you do in the book of Leviticus. So I just wanted to, to mention that, because a lot of times people say, ah, I don't want to believe in Jesus. He claims he's the only way, and and that, that can't be right. There are many ways to God. And we can say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, particularly if you're Jewish. This is actually taught in the Hebrew scriptures. There's only one way to God. We, we can come to God, but we have to come to God the way he wants us to come to him. Right. Sorry, Bobby, for the interruption. No, no, I, I think I, I welcome that, uh, that uh, interruption, you know, um, because I think you're absolutely right. Moses is, is, again, reorienting our attention to that fact that there is only one way. And where is he doing it? In the book of Leviticus chapter 16, which is the very center of the book. And I'm not going to go into you know, a whole spiel on why that's important, but just trust me, it's very important because the entire book of Leviticus is laid out as a big parallelism. And the very center of the book is usually the, the big main point of this parallelism that the author is trying to make. And what do we find in chapter 16? It's Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, which on the Jewish calendar, Mitch, I'm, I'm sure you'll know and, and you'll agree, Yom Kippur is the holiest day of the year. It is, and it falls out in the fall. But we're picking it up here in our reading cycle, right? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing it's, wrong with that. It's, it's the Word of God. It's, it's right? the early warning system. Yeah, yeah. It's an so, early warning system for holiness. Right, right. So what we're going to do is, we're, you know, we're not going to go into all the details on Yom Kippur. I just want to point out a few things here, uh, because as, as uh, God is progressively revealing more and more about what this exclusive path looks like that he is establishing, uh, which ultimately, like you mentioned in John 14, it finds its fullness in the person and ministry of Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God himself. That's what all of this is pointing to. And one thing I love about it when we come to chapter 16 is that the high priest, he would uh, prepare himself and he would enter into the holiest place in the world, the Holy of Holies. But what he would do is he would take two goats. And, you know, we see this laid out in Leviticus 16 in verse 15. We see one goat uh, that is described as the sin offering. That goat is offered up on the altar its blood is shed, and that's the blood that the high priest uses to enter into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God, to make atonement for himself and for the entire nation of Israel. And then in verse 20 and forward, there's the second goat, who is called the Azazel, or the scapegoat. And with that goat, the priest will lay his hands upon the head of that goat and confess all of his sins and all of the sins of the entire nation of Israel. And that goat becomes the sin bearer. And rather than its blood being shed on the altar and being brought into the Holy of Holies, 
that goat winds up in the total opposite place, in, in, a, in a totally different uh, extreme. That goat is escorted into the wilderness, into the desert, into the place of death, where it eventually dies as it carries all the sins of, uh, of the entire nation. It's really a, a, a glorious picture of what happens uh, when God uh, accepts a sacrifice for our sin, because not only does it wipe out the enmity, the differences um, that we have with God or that God has with us because of our sin, but it also removes our sin as far as the East is from the West. And, you know, even just talking about sacrifice now could seem pretty foreign to people. Mm. We don't think about offering sacrifices today much at all, actually. But during the time of the temple, uh, back at the time of uh, Jesus and before. The temple was destroyed in 70 AD, just in case some people were wondering. But sacrifices were a vital part of the religious life of Israel and the Jewish people. And sacrifices were offered daily. But a sacrifice, Bobby, was a very messy affair. I don't know if you've ever watched a butcher at work. My grandfather was a butcher. Hmm. And um, I loved my grandfather, but visiting him turned my stomach (laughs) Usually, it almost could have made me into a vegetarian, but it never. Well, I I had a different experience. My grandfather was a baker, so visiting him was a very sweet experience. (laughs) That would have been a great experience for me, except if he was making matzah. Anyway, so on the Day of Atonement, uh, the high priest slaughtered the bull for himself and the goat of the sin offering, as you mentioned, and he had to go into the holy place. And the key part here was sprinkling the blood on the mercy seat. On the mercy seat. And that creates a, a what I view as a stark contrast. Just imagine the beautiful golden ark of the covenant. Remember that mercy seat that, that rested on top of the ark was, was, was made of gold. It was covered with gold. Imagine this beautiful gold top of the mercy seat drenched and stained with the red blood of an animal. Hmm. Yet... It it was like this because God wanted to paint a picture of what sin does to the human soul. And for me, that's the really the best way to understand why sacrifice was necessary. Because sin kills. Mm-hmm. Sin brings about a gruesome death. And blood reminds us of that gruesome death. In fact, in Leviticus 17:11, Moses says, The life of the flesh is in the blood. And I've given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood by reason of the life that makes atonement. So there was no magical atonement formula. God is just and sin is costly and sin is deadly. And the price for was life for life and signified by the bloodshed of goats and bulls. In other words, it was one for the other. Exactly what was predicted in Isaiah 53. Mm -hmm. He would die the servant of the Lord, so that we could live. He would suffer the brute consequences of his sin, and even though he was innocent, in fact, he was suffering for our sin. Uh, Paul said, he made him who knew no sin to become sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So the blood of goats and bulls actually never took away sin, but pointed to the one who could. Right. There was always a plan for the Messiah, who would become the ultimate sacrifice for our sin, whereby we could be cleansed 
through his shed blood. Not by shedding our own blood, but by faith in what he did on our behalf. And so the sacrificial animals were really a foreshadowing of what was to come. And so Leviticus teaches us a lot about holiness, about God's perfection, his moral perfection. And it teaches us a whole lot about our own sin. Mm -hmm. And it teaches us what's, what God had to do in order to eradicate uh, sin from our lives so that he could even look upon us with love. And so we are now standing, as Paul says in Romans 5.1, we are standing in his grace and we are able to come to the Father uh, because of the sacrifice of Jesus. Not that we've become perfect, Bobby. I just wanted to tell you that about my, myself. <laughs> I'm confessing my sin to everybody in our radio audience. But I have a feeling people identify with me. Jesus cleansed us. That's different than making us perfect. And so we're not perfect. We are forgiven. Forgiven through the shed blood of the Messiah. That begins us on a road to personal holiness, which is one of the greatest needs in our society and culture today. And so we are forgiven. Our sins are forgotten, as you describe, Bobby. But on the other hand, our lives need to be transformed. And thankfully, they are being transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. The more we know about God's holiness, the more we know about our sin, the more we understand what needs to change. And we can be changed in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why it's so encouraging uh, to know the Lord. So we're forgiven, our sins are forgotten, and we're being transformed, being made holy, because He's holy. He is recreating us by the power of the Holy Spirit into His image, because that image at one time was pure, but that image has been terribly marred by our sin. But now, through Jesus, we're able to be forgiven and transformed. I mean, if that's not good gospel news, I don't know what is. I know that Ukraine is on the hearts of so many of us today, and it's very much on my heart and on the heart of the Chosen People Ministries staff. We have about 20 staff members all over the globe who are from Ukrainian Jewish backgrounds, and they have family and friends and others in Ukraine. And we are so motivated to help them. For the last number of years, we've been very involved in planting congregations in Ukraine, and right now, what we're trying to do is to help those we've led to the Lord and discipled survive. So write to Chosen People Ministries and join us in praying and supporting our ministries in Ukraine. You can write to us at Chosen People Ministries, 241 East 51st Street in New York, New York, 10022. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. Here at Chosen People Ministries, we hear from a lot of Jewish people who have found the Messiah. And right now, we'd like to share one of those stories with you. I pulled my rabbi over to the side. What do you personally think is going to happen to you when you die? I really wanted just to know from my rabbi, what did he think? His answer was, I don't know. The fact that he didn't have an answer for himself really floored me. It made me 
probably just hold on to what it meant and what it means to be Jewish culturally and traditionally, but not really be thinking about anything really beyond that. I grew up in a, a reform, a really liberal Jewish congregation. I went to Hebrew school. I, I was involved in, in Jewish day camps. I was a counselor in an overnight camp. I was involved in a Jewish fraternity. I mean, just a lot of these things, but I don't think at any time did I ever really fully know whether I believed that God was real or not. When it came to education or knowledge or information about, about Jesus, really what I knew was that we are survivors of Christian persecution. So, no, I've never read the New Testament and actually never would have uh, wanted to. I was afraid, actually, of that because I was sure that somewhere in there it had to say something like, let's go to Canaan to get the Jews. I understood from just growing up Jewish about the importance of atonement and that really made me nervous. If God was even real, I realized that I was just so far away from him. I was mucky and dirty, and it was as if I was as far away from God as, as the moon is from me. And I had no way of being able to get back together with God or have atonement. When a good friend of mine ended up uh, getting saved or coming to believe in Jesus, I remember being nervous for him wondering what this was going to be like. I didn't even know if God was real, let alone anything about Jesus. But um, I really saw this, I, I, this change in him. It was like a serenity, love, and peace and confidence that he had. And I think because of that, I was more open to um, want to learn a little bit more about what actually happened in his life. When I read the New Testament for the first time, which I had not wanted to read, but when I read it, I was really just surprised and shocked that this was Jewish. And I'm checking all of these parts in the Old Testament and the prophecies in the book of Isaiah that are actually exact for what it was saying in the New Testament, and, and my mind was blown. It was a book about this man who really was the fulfillment of Scripture. And actually, it was when I was reading and reading about Jesus in the New Testament that I realized that, that he is actually my way to be able to get back to God. I, I just couldn't fathom it before, and, and this was all making sense. I, I was really taken by him. That he was saying words that were, that were just so true and filling and life-giving to me. And the first thing that I actually said was basically one sentence. And I said, God, I want to just tell you that I am sorry because I have hated your name. And, um, and it took me months to be able to go ahead and get to that point where I could be able to thank my God by name. I still have ups and downs in life, but um, it's a whole nother reality to know and to walk with God, and to know that I will actually have the miracle of, um, of forgiveness of my muck and forgiveness of my sin. God has given me more love, more patience, but most importantly, forgiveness. And it is my heart cry 
that my Jewish people would be able to also know the truth of what it means to have forgiveness. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. You know, Mitch, as you've been sharing, I can't help but think about those two goats again. Because it's always struck me how they do, both of them, they point forward to Yeshua. They point forward to Jesus and what he's done for us. Uh, he is the sin bearer who who has taken all of our sins to a place of death. And at the same time, he is uh, the one who shed his blood. And that blood has been applied for us in the Holy of Holies, in the heavenly tabernacle. So, just as those two goats went to total opposite extremes, so too Yeshua in his ministry. We see him begin where? He begins in the wilderness in uh, as he's fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, and then by the end of his ministry, after the death, burial, and resurrection of the Messiah, we see him applying his blood uh, onto that heavenly uh, mercy seat in Hebrews chapter 9. Uh, and Again, you know, I, I also connect this and think about the journey that we're being brought on, how we are going from a place of exile, a place of death, a, a place where we, are, we were considered dead in our trespasses, in, in that wilderness. But the Messiah has stepped in. Our sacrifice has been shed. Our, our priest is making intercession for us to cleanse us, to make us whole, to make us right. And he's bringing us one step closer and closer and closer to that ultimate place of intimacy with God, the Holy of Holies, into his presence. One of our generous and faithful supporters recently asked, Mitch, what are your priorities for 2022? And I thought that was a great question. The answer is simple. We plan to go back to basics in 2022, focusing on evangelism, discipleship, and training. We're so excited by the ministry possibilities in 2022. This year, we are prioritizing in-person, I say in-person, evangelism of Jewish people with the strategy to win Jewish believers, disciple and train them, and help them serve the Lord. We're also looking to reach young secular Israelis for, for the Lord. And we're planning to use various media, in-person engagements, and to share the love of Jesus with them any way we can. So we hope you will prayerfully consider supporting us this year. Your gifts will provide for our various ministries, the development of materials, and the production of our training programs. We are so thankful for your prayers and generous support. So God bless you and thank you for partnering with Chosen People Ministries as we share the gospel with Jewish people all across the globe. You're listening to The Chosen People, which is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you've missed any of the messages in our study on the book of Leviticus, we'd like to invite you to catch up online at chosenpeople.com slash radio. Thanks, Bobby. And friends, if you're looking for a great free resource to help you not only connect with Jewish people at a deeper level, but also to help you learn more about the Jewish history and heritage of your Christian faith, then ask for the booklet, 10 Ways to Find Messiah in the Passover. Just call 888-2-YESHUA, Y-E-S-H-U-A, the Hebrew name for Jesus, Again, that number is 888-293-7482. You can also request a copy of the book, 10 Ways to Find Messiah in the Passover, online when you visit us at chosenpeople.com offer. That's chosenpeople.com offer. And by the way, 
it's available as a digital download also. So we are here to provide you with resources that will enrich your Christian faith. And right now, here's Mitch with Misha Getz to wrap up today's message with the ironic benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem Shel Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace. Peace.